0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, welcome to the Ken7 podcast. Um, Obviously, there is a world of uh, news going on around Liverpool at the moment with the European Super League. So I thought, who better than to speak to about... European Super League and what the proposals are, then Paul Dalglish, who actually works in America. Paul, thanks very much for joining me, mate. Mate, you've you you you've worked in America for a number of years now as a player and a manager. Um, the franchise model is something that, that you're used to. First of all, why don't you give us a, a little insight into how that works and why it works in America?
1: Well, I think that the franchise model works in America because it is seen first and foremost as a business. And what happens is when you create a monopoly, which is what the franchise model is, um, then what you do is your your weakest link, if you like, value is much higher than the weakest link in an open system. So for instance, if you look at the, the NFL, the small market team in the NFL has a comparatively much higher franchise value than one of the bigger teams in the NFL, say the Dallas Cowboys or, or, or somebody that the, the difference between the top and the bottom franchise value is very, is, is a lot, uh, is a lot closer than it is in an open system model. Um, and so what, what, when you work over here, what you hear about is, um, increasing the franchise value of the organization. Um, and it, it, it really, Professional sports over here, in most cases, are a business. Um, it's entertainment. It's a business. And the owners are – it's very, very normal for the owners to to make money. And not only make money, the owners in some sports actually lift the trophy if a team wins a trophy, not the captain. Um, so it's, it's a different mindset over here that I understand um, – quite well that it's hard for some people in Europe to to get the height drowned or, or to, to 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 kind of accept really
0: um, so looking at what was proposed I mean obviously we, we had a chat before and you've had a little look at it what what are the sort of things that are similar that are proposed with this European super League?
1: Well, well, basically what, what they're doing is they are, as I said, some monopoly. So what, what happens now is you protect all your members. Um, and what happens is once they set a number of teams, then you have, you've maxed out on the amount of teams. So it's not like another team can join. So then it, it, as the MLS at this moment in time are going through expansion, they continually raise the expansion fee. So that the teams that bought in first and invested the money at the beginning now get more of a return for their investment at the beginning. And then what happens is once you max out on a certain amount of teams, like in the NFL and the NBA, then what happens is if somebody wants to buy a franchise, the value is much higher, but also they might buy a franchise and relocate it to another city. So what you what you do is you 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 control the value of the franchise because there can't another one can't be made because they set a max of the limit. so then what happens is then the weakest franchises all of a sudden now uh, increase in value if somebody wants to buy them and, and relocate them to a new market. so um,
0: they you know it's uh, it's very much like what David Beckham has just done, obviously well, but that's the system in America. That's the
1: system in America right now. And it, it's, um, you know, it, it does increase the franchise value of the weaker teams. Um, and it does create uh, a monopoly that, you know, for me, I work outside of MLS. So we can play them in cup competition, um, the US Open Cup, but we can't play an MLS team. Uh, we can't earn the right to play an MLS through merit, through competition we can um we can you can only earn the right to play in that through money. And that is the similarity between the proposed Super League um and
0: um the current system in America. You we've had a chat about this before and am I right in saying that it's the system with no promotion and relegation is actually against FIFA regulations. Is that is that right?
1: Open for discussion, Gav. Um, obviously, there's been lawsuits over here. Um, mm. um, so it's it, it's open for interpretation, um, how people feel that the laws are, are to be interpreted. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's a complicated one, Gav. It's a complicated one.
0: Now, bringing it back to Liverpool, um, obviously you've seen the response to what's gone on. Liverpool are fully involved in this. You know they are one of the architects of this idea. As a, you know, speaking as a fan, I know it's difficult for you, mate. But speaking as a fan, how, how has it made you feel? What have you, what have you thought about the whole um, process and the reaction to it? Yeah,
1: I, I understand the reaction. Um... I under, I understand the motivation from the teams and the owners, which is to generate as much money as possible so that you can sign the Mbappes or the, the Haalands or Neymars, whoever becomes available, you can keep your salaries, you can keep your you know your your manes. Um so I, I understand I understand the motivation from the owners. I don't agree with it. Um uh, because I think that you know, sports in America, if I'm honest, are a business that are set up for entertainment, um, professional sports. Um, they have never been based on merit. They, they, you know, it's never been an open system. It's been a closed system. And that works in America. Um, and what the kind of equivalent is over here is college sports where the athletes play for free? Now, a lot of times, and in, in, if, you, if you look at the bond that the teams have, or, or sorry, um, fans have with their college team, you know they went there for four years. They went to the games. They they embraced the culture of that of that college. They they have alumni that donate back to the college, and they feel a real brotherhood or sisterhood with people that they went to that that college game with and actually there are some college football teams that get higher attendances mm. than NFL teams. Mm. Um, some of the biggest stadiums in America are college football stadiums because of that loyalty that's created. Now in sports in England they're not set up as although that they are runners of business. They were originally and they are deep rootedly found on serving the community. If you go back to Manchester United it was a basically a, a social club um to, to provide for the workers. Um, and and a lot of football clubs in, in, in England were set up to provide um for the community. And the idea that your community could on merit compete against other communities regardless of the the, the financial situation of the club is what our game has been found on. So for me that's why I'm fundamentally against um, not a Super League. I think a Super League would be fine if you could get into the Super League on merit, not money. Mm. So if, if if UEFA wanted to get together or, or clubs wanted to break away and create a Super League above the domestic league, but you had to qualify for that Super League based upon your domestic um, uh, success, I, I don't think anybody has a problem with that. That's what the the Champions League is. So, I have no problem with creating something above domestic football because that's what we already have. However, I have a real problem with not being able to achieve that through merit, even though Liverpool would be one of the privileged clubs that would be allowed to be in that because of finances, not because of merit.
0: Because there is a chance
1: that Liverpool don't qualify for the Champions League this year but could be in
0: the Super
1: League. I don't think that's fair.
0: No, no. Is there, there, um, I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. Is there a scenario that you could see where UEFA come back to the six teams in England and say, well, listen, we don't want you to do this because there's going to have to be some backwards and forwards if this doesn't go ahead. And one of the things I thought was that they increase the number of uh, Champions League places to six instead of four and would, well, that, would that
1: be Gav, a... there's been proposals you know they, they call it the Swiss League model um, that have been proposed where teams play 10 group uh, group games hmm. now for, for me Gav it's, it's um, uh, what, what dilute the product and play more games I hmm. think when, when I think that we've got to what's happened in the past Gav is that Premier League clubs, Spanish clubs have used kind of this European Super League as a bargaining tool Mm. to to try and get more from UEFA or what they want from UEFA and what they want from the Premier League. However, this is a little bit different where they haven't signed a contract to join the Super League, but they've more or less signed a letter of intent. Um, I I don't know the exact legal terms, but they have now shown some kind of commitment. You know, um, there are three, uh, Perez, I think, um, the Glaze, one of the Glazers and somebody else have, have put their name to it. They've yeah. actually put their names on it. This is a lot more serious than um, what has happened in the past. However, only time will tell whether the objectives are the same, whether they actually want or think it's possible to have a European Super League. Or is this just a play to get more power from UEFA
0: in the Premier League? Where do you think we go from here? Um, where I mean, let's start with our owners. Where do you think they go from here? I mean, can they climb down? Can they actually get the trust of the well, fans back? Because they've done it before and climbed down, and, and fans have let them off, I guess. Yeah, because they've done a lot of good for the club mate let, let, the let's sense. make
1: no let, let let's make no let's make let's have no doubt about it fsg have turned liverpool from somebody that was right near the bottom of the table to one of the most powerful teams in world football both on the pitch and off the pitch financially so what fsg have done has been absolutely incredible for the football club. If you look at the main stand, the plans for the the Anfield Road, um, they got investment and the valuation that they got the investment from recently was a a huge, huge number. So they have done brilliantly for Liverpool Football Club, but Liverpool Football Club has has actually made them a lot of money as well in the increase in the franchise value. So it's been a really, really good success story. Everything hasn't been perfect. There's been ups and downs. The FSG have got things wrong and backtracked. Um, when they realized they've got things wrong. Um, so I I don't know, Gav. I, I don't think that, I don't think that we can look at FSG and say and forget everything that they've done good for, for the club. I think we've got to isolate this situation. Um, and say, we don't agree with this. This isn't what this club was built on. Um, and if that means if that means that we have to accept that we are going to not have a franchise value as high as what it would be in a closed system, or we are not going to have um, the ability to sign Mbappe or Holland if they come up, then that is the consequences of 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 what we want. You know, with with every with every kind of with every decision that's made, there's consequences. And we, we've we got to accept
0: that. I did say to you, didn't I? We had a chat last night, didn't we? And I said, it's it's funny, you know, playing devil's advocate and looking at, trying to look at yeah. it from both sides. You know, fans are always shouting the odds and saying, you know, we want Mbappe, we want these top yeah. players, Harlan, Sancho, who are going to cost over 100 million quid. But then when the owners do something to try and make money in order for us to be able to afford stuff like that, then everyone's up in arms. I'm not saying it's right. What I'm saying is, it's it, can you have it both ways?
1: Well, it might, the the thing is, Gav, that you know, if you actually think who's got the ability to spend more money than Liverpool, there's not many teams in world football that have the ability to sign uh, to to spend more money than Liverpool. If you look at Barcelona, a one billion dot one billion dollars in debt, I think. Mm. Real Madrid are 900 million. I don't know whether it's dollars or euros. Mm. So how do they have the ability to, to go and sign Mbappe or, or Haaland if mm. we don't? Mm. You know, if you look at Man City and, 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 and Paris Saint-Germain, the reason that they have the money is not because they bring in revenue. It's because their owners um, have the wealth to bring them in. And you can argue all you want about financial fair play. But if you look at the amount of money that Liverpool spend uh, and the amount of money that they bring in, they're probably one of the kind of best-run businesses, yeah. if you like, or best-run clubs in, in football. Yeah. Because my, my thing is, Gav, if why? How can other teams afford them? You know, if you look at the actual revenue that teams bring in, Man United bring in more revenue than Liverpool. Mm. Bayern Munich, I think, are up there. Uh, the Spanish clubs. But well, the Spanish clubs have huge debt. You know, Manchester United have a huge debt because they finance, they, they, they've borrowed the money. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it's, without knowing all the details, Gab. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's too easy to say that we can't, unless we join the Super League, then we can't afford Mbappe or Holland.
0: No, I think that's fair enough. I mean, Bayern Munich, I'm sure Bayern Munich haven't, they're not up there when it comes to the highest transfer fees ever paid in Europe. They'd, they'd be way down the list. They, they they pick the best youngsters in Germany, don't they? But I, I can't remember them ever signing a, certainly not signed a £100 million, I don't think they've signed a £70 million pound player, do you?
1: Well, I think that the, after the Neymar deal, the prices went through the roof, yeah, didn't they? So I think that before that, they did sign Ribbery, they did sign Robin. They signed Javi Martinez for a decent chunk of change. Um, So they they have signed, they have signed at the time, very, very expensive players. Now, Mm. football's gone crazy since the Neymar deal when it comes to transfer. And and hopefully that has been a little bit uh, rectified after COVID. Um, But the money, the money is astronomical. And the one thing I would say, Gav, is if... If it means that to sign Harland and Mbappé and we're using these names, it's all hypothetical, um, we need to join a European Super League. Is it not easy for the clubs to get together and say, don't don't ever pay a player over this amount of money? But you know, then- is it not easy to cap the amount of money? That is it not easy to cap the amount of money? Just say, look. If a club's not willing to pay, if a club's get together and say, we're not willing to pay 250 grand a week, a million dollars a week, five, whatever it is, whatever the number is, then the, the money's not available for the player.
0: But there's legal issues around minimum wage and wage capping and all that sort. of I don't stuff. think 100 million is the minimum wage cap. No, but you, you know what I mean. The, the, it, it, I know you have wage you have wage capping, don't you, in America?
1: We have a salary cap, mate. We have a salary cap. Yeah.
0: And 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 for me, it's like um, How, we don't in just, our league, but in MLS, you do. Just touch on that. How does that work in America? A salary cap.
1: So basically, you get a certain amount of money to to spend on wages. Um, and then, but it's so complicated, Gav, because there's all different ways you can divide it up. You have uh, when Beckham came, they introduced something in MLS called the designated player rule, where you could have one player that, no matter how much you paid them, they only counted um, a certain amount on your right. out of your salary cap. Right. Then they introduced a young designated player. Then there was, you know, there was you're allowed multiple designated players. Then you have things like targeted allocation one. Uh, general allocation money which can be used to uh, pay for transfer fees and whatever else you, you want to use it for so it's really really complicated and it takes someone that is a real expert in, in managing a, a salary cap to be able to explain it uh, fully but it, it's it's basically a way of trying to create parity
0: in a league um, mm. so that's, that's it Just to finish up what what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think it's going to happen. See, the, the, the problem is, Gavin, and I look at it a couple of ways. The problem is that
1: the Premier League have to, in my opinion, in my understanding, they have to approve the clubs to play in uh, an, a, a tournament outside of the Premier League. So in our case, I do not believe that the Premier League are going to grant the permission to the six clubs to play in a European Super League. Um, Therefore, we come to a a, a situation where the clubs are going to say, well, we wanted to play in domestic football and the Premier League aren't letting us. Um, And and, and if that happens, then the clubs are going to say, well, look, we wanted to help. It's not our fault. And they're going to put everything on the Premier League, right? Or, again this is being used as a negotiation tool to get more share, the big six to get more share of the commercial revenue that's generated by the Premier League. Um, but the biggest challenge, Gav, is it's, it's my understanding that clubs, and I saw Jordan Henderson's called an emergency meeting of team captains. My understanding is there's already been teams that players have gone to, um, uh, to clubs, held meetings with clubs um, expressing a desire not to play because the the risk of the players then being banned from playing international football therefore not being able to play in the Euros mm. so I think that I think this is this has got this has only just started Gav this has only just started this is going to play out over the next few weeks
0: So have you got any other final thoughts before we wrap this up? Yeah um,
1: so I, I think that we've got to be careful that um, we've got to be careful because when people are talking about it being about money, um, it is about money for ownership. I, I totally, of, of the big clubs, I understand that. I don't necessarily think it means that it's going to take money away from teams further down the, the, the pyramid if all is to be believed, I think that the the Super League clubs are pledged to, uh, to 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 give um, more money than is currently being given to teams further down um, the pyramid. Um, if all is to be believed, however, this has to be an argument based on the integrity of the game, and that you should earn what you want in football through merit not through privilege. Um, and, and I think that the, the ironic bit about it for me is that the owners that are fighting for a closed monopoly system have, in most cases, been able to buy that club from being involved in an open co- economy. And and it for me, it's the, the hypocrisy of that doesn't sit well with me. I think that, you know, I'm a big believer that sport is for the people and you should be able to earn what you deserve through merit, not through privilege. Um, And that is the main point for me. I think money's always going to be important, but for me, it's the integrity of the game and achieving what you want through merit, not privilege.
0: Lovely stuff. That's well summed up, I think. We'll leave it there. Paul, thanks very much for uh, for joining me, and um, we'll see you again on uh, on another podcast. Cheers.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.